It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. Thank you so much for joining me. This morning, I'm going to start off with, well, I'm going to spend the first part of the show talking about something that I think is really serious. And I'm going to start off with, we need a good lawyer. We need actually a lot of good lawyers. And the reason we need them is because what is taking place In the American West today, with yet another summer of horrific forest fires, is, in my view, not so much the work of nature, but it's really the work of the radical environmental groups and a government that now, for more than a generation, has completely neglected the management of our Western lands. And I don't say this lightly. I have spent a good deal of my life in the American West. I've lived there. I've traveled throughout the American West. And and what we're seeing is simply not nature. What we are seeing in these catastrophic wildfires year after year is is largely man-made, or at least is the result of the inactivity of man. And part of the reason that we have such a terrible situation is because we have these radical environmental groups that do nothing but litigate to stop the management of our Western lands. And they have done an incredibly dangerous disservice to Americans starting off with groups like Western Watershed and Earth Justice and the Sierra Club. These groups have stopped successfully in the courts the U.S. government and private landowners from being able to manage their lands, which as a result has resulted in millions of acres of forests being neglected, being full of diseased trees, dead trees, It's resulted in millions of acres of grasslands not having the grazing that it needed. And the the end is people are actually dying. And where is, and I don't say that lightly, but it's true. Where is the responsibility for these environmental groups, Western Watershed, Earth Justice, Sierra Club, and others, that litigate to stop the management of our lands? And the end result is people die. People have poor air quality. They become sick. They become asthmatic. We lose hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars worth of economic loss each year because of these fires. There is, there is absolutely nothing to stop these groups from continuing to undo the need to manage our landscape. And that's why I said at the top of the show, we need a good lawyer. We need a lot of good lawyers because we have to turn this around. The Forest Service cannot be at the whim and of the of the judicial system with non-science-based lawsuits. We can't have millions of acres of Bureau of 
land management lands that are no longer being grazed and just sitting there in an inferno ready to go, all because a few people in cities who have absolutely no attachment to the landscape have decided we shouldn't have any cows on on Forest Service lands and BLM lands, and we shouldn't do any logging in areas where there's a spotted owl. And, and I want to make a distinction here because I think it's really important. A conservationist, and Theodore Roosevelt and John Muir, they were our leading conservationists, Aldo Leopold. Conservation stands, by definition, for the wise use of our natural resources. I don't know what environmentalism stands for. I think environmentalism stands for lock up the place and throw away the key. It stands for litigation. It stands, it does not stand for science. The wise use of our natural resources is science based. There's no science behind what's going on with these lawsuits by groups by Western Watershed who simply want to have no cows in the American West. My question to them is how much damage and destruction do you want our country to go through? before we realize if we don't manage our Western lands, we are setting up not only for the future, but in the real present day today, we are setting up the death of people. We are setting up the destruction of billions of dollars worth of of, of real estate and industry and the, million, and the loss of millions of acres of land. And if any of these individuals who don't think we should have any cattle grazing have ever driven along an area that was a burned out sagebrush, they will understand in our lifetime, that sagebrush is not coming back. So we really, really need to turn this around. And the federal government needs to say, enough. We are going to manage our forests. You've got millions of acres of forests that are diseased with the pine beetle just waiting there to be to burn. And and last summer was actually not a bad fire summer at all. It's one of the few non-bad fire summers we've had in years. And what was the result? We saw an outpouring of people out of the cities, whether you be the East Coast or the West Coast, coming to the American West, coming to the rural American West and settling in places like Sun Valley, Idaho, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, settling all around Salt Lake City. Boise, Idaho is the fastest growing city in America per, per capita. And now all of a sudden, those same individuals who came to the beauty of the West are choking on the smoke. I don't think we would have had this migration to the American West, the rural American West that occurred because of the pandemic and the violence in, in our urban areas last year, if it had been a fire season. Two years ago, we had one of the wettest winters on record in California. And the spring, and I saw this firsthand, the spring, the, land, the hillsides were just, they were a bloom for miles, the wildflowers were spectacular. The grass grew knee high at waist high in some cases. It was the Garden of Eden. Well, then the dry season came, as it always does, and the Garden of Eden turned brown and dead. And guess what? It burned. And two years ago, California had its, among its worst wildfires in history. This year, we're in one of the worst droughts we've had, and everyone is saying it's the result of global warming and climate change. Well, two years ago, when it was really wet and we had the worst fire season, it wasn't the result of global warming and climate change. Drought in the West is a natural phenomenon. And one of the great books that's ever been written about the American West is called The Cadillac Desert by Mark Reisner. And I, I as in August, I always do a show about books that if you want to read under a shade tree, you ought to read. 
I'm going to do that show. I'm at the top of the list, Cadillac Desert. And any of you listening who are buying this stuff about how the American West was a Garden of Eden, and suddenly we are now in this terrible, unprecedented drought, read Cadillac Desert by Mark Reisner. It turns all of this upside down and demonstrates with science, with the benefit of history, the American West is one of the most arid regions on earth. And it's only because of the diversion of water and the channelization and the dams and everything we've done that we turned it into a place where tens of millions of people live. More people live in California than in, than in Canada. And the whole point of the book is this is not real. The American West is arid. And going back to pre-settlement, when the Native Americans were here, they used fire as a means to manage lands, as a manage to, means to manage wildlife. They would jump buffalo off of off buffalo jumps by setting fires behind them. This region has always burned. But what has not been true is that we have not had a half a century of no management whatsoever because of litigation and because of the inaction of the United States government. And we are paying the price now, and it's and I'm, I'm spending the time talking about this morning because this is really serious. This is not something that's going to go away. We need Washington to wake up, and we need, frankly, all of us to say, stop. We are going to change course. We are not going to let the environmental movement stop the management of the American West, and we're going to need to demand the Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, Bureau of Reclamation, all these huge Western government agencies, we need to demand that they manage their lands, or I'm afraid that what we're seeing in the American West this summer and have seen repeatedly over the past 10 to 12 years, it's going to be with us the rest of our lives, and the American West, as we know it, is going to be ruined. I really believe that's what's at stake. We either manage it or we continue to lose it. I'll be back after the break, and when I do, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Farmer's Almanac, and I think I'll do a little bit of tongue-in-cheek to tell you what the Farmer's Almanac said was going to happen in the year 2021 and what's actually happened to date. Thanks so much for listening. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN, and first a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland. Chevrolet dealers. In the field, hunters need to be alert. Sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are. Communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology. Tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. 
Welcome back to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. And in the first part of the show, I talked about conservation as opposed to environmentalism. And I'm going to spend some more time, I often do, talking about that. But it is the key distinction. Are we going to be a country of conservationists, the wise use of our natural resources, or are we going to be something else? And it's been the environmentalism of the past 40 to 50 years that has trumped the conservation ethic, and that's why we're in the world of hurt we are in so many parts of the country. But on a much lighter subject, I'm going to talk about the Farmer's Almanac, how we predict the weather. And I'm going to read this to you. This is from their 2021 book on what the weather is going to be. We derive our weather forecast from a secret formula that was developed by our founder, Robert B. Thomas, in 1792, Thomas believed that weather on Earth was influenced by sunspots, which are magnetic storms on the surface of the sun. Over the years, we have refined this and enhanced this secular formula with state-of-the-art technology and modern scientific calculations. We employ three scientific disciplines to make our long-range predictions, solar science, the study of sunspots, and other solar activity. We predict weather trends and events by comparing solar patterns and historical weather conditions with current solar activity. The Farmer's Almanac, one of the most famous publications really ever and ongoing today, even with all the technology we have, the Farmer's Almanac still manages to print every year and give you forecasts on when to go farming, when you should start farming for the year, when's the best time to go fishing, whole thing. And then it gives its weather predictions by region. Well, their secret formula, and I, the reason I say this somewhat tongue-in-cheek is I always enjoy reading the Farmer's Almanac. I think, though, their secret formula is about as predictable as flipping a coin and having it come up heads or tails. So their secret formula for the year, the Intermountain region, which is the region of the American West that's not on the coast. They predicted for this year that winter temperatures and precipitation will be slightly below normal on average. Well, as it turned out, it was a very warm winter and precipitation was way below normal. However, as I talked about at the beginning of the show, the, the fire season is just is, is, an, is so early a month early and its intensity is unbelievable because it hasn't rained across the American West in months and snow is so light. So their prediction for the summer, temperatures will be cooler than normal and it will be slightly rainier than normal. Well, we've set record temperatures across the American West now for weeks running and it's been the dry, one of the driest summers in 100 years. So the Farmer's Almanac, you, you kind of missed it is why I say maybe we should just flip a coin. Also, when they talked about the desert southwest, which you can fry an egg on any street corner and anywhere in the desert for the last month it's been so hot, record temperatures over 120 degrees in many places, summer will be cooler than normal with near normal rainfall. The hottest periods will occur in mid-June and late August. Well, if the hottest periods are gonna occur in mid-June, July has torched those records. I hate to think what August is going to look like. So the Farmer's Almanac, which we love to read partially because of its history, 
this year, uh, you could say it isn't worth the paper it was written on because if you had based your lifestyle on what they predicted would happen in the West of the United States this year, uh, you would be you would be flat out of luck. Um, that's the word from the Farmer's Almanac. I've got a couple minutes left, and I want to talk for just briefly about bird feeders. It turns out that feeding birds is actually good to do year-round. Often we just feed birds in the winter when we think they're most stressed and there's little bit of there's very little food, and that's that's absolutely true. However, studies have concluded that feeding birds year-round does not increase birds' dependency on humans, and in fact actually makes birds healthier. So I think about the quail, huge quail plantations in the southeast and the big farms and ranches in Texas, where feeding of quail is a year-round occupation, and how healthy those populations are. And I think about hummingbird feeders and bird feeders in my yard, maybe you think about them in yours, if you keep them full all summer and spring, the birds that come to them are fat. If you only feed them in the winter, you're basically just keeping birds alive. So the thought would be, and the studies indicate, it's great to feed birds. Feed birds all year. Sometimes of the year they need more feed than other. But year-round, feeding birds actually is going to help birds. And as we are finding out, Birds have been in absolute collapse, uh, free-falling of populations. We think we might have lost as many as 3 billion birds in the last 50 years. We'll get more into that. We've talked about it in the past. But birds are, uh, birds are definitely fewer than they were. I think any of us who spend time outside know that. So help the birds out. Perfectly fine to feed them year-round. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next Sunday morning with much more in the great outdoors. I hope you have a great week in the great outdoors as July rolls along. Thanks so much. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.